We're back. It's been a little bit of a, a hiatus for the playground rules. I hope you guys have been okay in the basketball wilderness without us. <laughs> we know you haven't. Here we are. Two regular dudes that don't know a whole lot about basketball talking about basketball just like two friends. Just like the two friends that you are with your friends. Yes, exactly. You might feel like, hey, am I in a room with my own friends? Nope. It's me, Herb, and my, my good pal, Arik. Hey, buddy. How's it going? It's been a while. Yeah, man. Welcome back. How was Thailand? Thailand was amazing. Uh, I might have Zika, but other than that, Thailand was amazing. Are you um, serious? No, I'm not really serious. My my fiance is very worried about this because uh, apparently Thailand is a Zika uh, hotbed. Hotbed. Yeah. Um, I actually really wasn't bit by a single mosquito the entire time I was there, which is sort of miraculous. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. I well, I was with. Uh, here's the trick, everyone out there: go with a friend who mosquitoes love. Because uh, she got bit like a hundred times a day, and I did not get bit at all. I also was very judicious with the spray. But anyway, so are you concerned no. about her having Zika? Uh, my friend. Yeah. Yeah, oh. not really. I don't really care. You didn't go with Daria. No. So Daria was supposed to go and couldn't go at the last minute. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. So she she got well. For her perspective, she was she was happy. She got to stay here and chill out. But I had committed to going for a, a friend's uh, birthday party, so I went by the way that's ridiculous if if you're out there listening and you were like yeah i want to have my birthday i'm gonna get all my friends to fly to thailand that's a yeah it's a big and commitment. for all you listeners i'm listening to art with the same contempt that you are <laughs> at any rate it was a great trip thailand is amazing i highly recommend it um but uh but are people uh, a tither with basketball in thailand is that all that they can talk about <laughs> they're like, oh, you're from America. Tell me about Tell me about LeBron your James. NBA you love so much. <laughs> no, you know what, though? I will say this, and you're not going to like this, Herbert. A uh, lot of Warriors gear for sale in Thailand. Oh, I'm not surprised. Yeah, it's just the way that goes. Did see some uh, Celtics. I, I don't remember if I sent you a photo. I usually send you a photo if I see Celtics fans abroad. But, uh, um, yeah, did see some Celts love. But, yeah, a lot of Warriors gear for sale. A lot of L.A., a lot of New York. But a lot of Warriors, which definitely was not the case, you know. A few years ago. Yeah, I mean, so. generally with, like, uh, when when any sport goes uh, international, people kind of pay attention to the, the big teams, you know. A lot more uh, Manchester City fans in the States than uh, Ajax supporters. Yeah, I mean, if you don't know anything, if you don't have a city that you care about, I mean, you don't care. And San Francisco is also a pretty beloved. Uh, and, of course, they don't play in San Francisco. They're not from San Francisco, but, you know, people don't know that. So San Francisco yeah. uh, is a beloved city worldwide. Uh, I definitely did notice, though, that in in uh, in Thailand, people really the granularity of where you're from that they were looking for was America, not uh, not any particular place. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe California, but everything else is just like, oh, America. Okay, <laughs> so that was that was interesting. But no, everyone was really great. Um, saw a bunch of great stuff, and but I am glad to be back because we're getting into uh, a really fun part. The NBA season is what a quarter done now. Yeah, we're a quarter of the way through. But before we get into that, I've got one last question about oh, your travels abroad. Sure, sure. One last off off topic question. You, you tend to travel a bit. You you go abroad uh, do. on an annual basis for the most part. That's is that true, fair to yeah. say? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Have you noticed a difference in the way you're received, given the the current uh, American climate? You know, political changes and whatnot. 
You know, it's interesting. Not really. And uh, that is very different. Uh, I was abroad during the Bush and Obama administrations as well. And during the Bush one, people were were really intense about it. And during the Obama one, people were like, do you vote for Obama? And I'd be like, yes. And they'd be like, we love you. So, um, you know, this is very different. I think everyone recognizes the – I think everyone is almost as stupefied and and sort of shell-shocked by the train wreck that is this country right now. So I think people are not really even trying to get into it with you. Like, honestly, people don't even bring it up. It's it's – it's weird. It's weird in its absence. It's like you it's 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 noticeable in its absence. It's it's weird. Interesting. Well, yeah. thank you, Arik, for Not your uh yeah, your insight. You're uh you know, you're there on all of our behalfs, those of us who uh, <laughs> are stuck at home. It's worth mentioning that you only are a citizen of a European country. So That's true. You have no I, real good I'm excuse. I'm not a US citizen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk Turkey. Ah, yes, let's do it. Thanksgiving was great. No, I'm kidding. What is going on with Thanksgiving? <laughs> it's been such a crazy week. You know, we talked, we weren't able to do it, and we do apologize to all our loyal listeners. We were going to do kind of like a fake playoff preview. Yeah. Um, as if the playoffs had started last week uh, in the midst of ARC's travels. And everything has changed since we first proposed doing that um, to the week that we would have done it to this week it's completely changed, which is kind of, you know, we acknowledged that it was an absurd idea and it didn't really mean anything, which is kind of going to be a fun exercise. But it's, yeah. it's interesting in the span of two weeks, you know, the Everything Cavs changed. have gone from out of the playoffs to third in the East. Uh, the the Clippers are falling. I, I think if the playoffs started today, let me take a quick look at the standings. If the playoffs here. started today, the Clippers would not be in the playoffs. They are in 10th place. That is... Pretty amazing. I mean, it's not amazing given the injuries that they've suffered and stuff, but just how quickly, you know, a team's fortunes can change. You know, the Clippers came on really strong. People thought they looked like uh, one of the best teams in the West. And uh, yeah, also the not in the playoffs. Falling. Also not in the playoffs if it started today. The Orlando Magic, who were the definitely the feel good story of the first like week. I know. Yeah, what it's a, a long, it's I, a long I, season. I felt good about that story. Yeah, it was a great I, story. I it was nice. I want to see them do better. The long suffering. Uh, fans of Orlando a lot has happened I mean the Grizzlies uh you know yeah uh, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that's a that's a crazy there's just so much going on right now um and it is it continues to be fascinating and uh, let's just do this quickly I'm gonna read the eight teams in the playoffs uh and I want you to predict one that will not be there for each conference of the eight that are currently playoff okay let's do it okay so in the east we have Boston, Detroit, Cleveland, Toronto, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Indiana, and Washington. Oh, okay. I am going to predict that. Uh, hmm. This is a hard one because I. Okay, I'll just say my choices. My my initial choice thought between is between the Sixers, the Pacers, and the Wizards. Uh-huh. Uh, Sixers are completely dependent on Embiid's health. Um, if he stays mm-hmm. healthy, I think they're going to make the playoffs. If he doesn't, I don't think they will. Um, but. So I'm going to bet on his health because that's more fun. Um, so we're going to leave them in. So let's say Pacers or Wizards, currently the 7th and 8th. And I am going to predict that the Indiana Pacers will not make the playoffs. You know, this is uh, just does not make for great <clears> – <throat> this does not make for great listening, but I totally agree with you. Um, I, I would say that the one team in the East that isn't in the playoff picture right now that I could see getting there is probably Miami. Miami. Although Charlotte – Yeah. 
Charlotte could make some noise, but yeah, I, I would say Indiana's the most likely to fall out. They've been also a feel-good story, uh, a yeah. lot of fun to watch. Uh, really, really, they play their hearts out. That team is playing basketball this year, and it's it's really fun to watch. But uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm also a big fan of their coach, uh, and so I I think I hope I hope they continue to do well. Nate McMillan, longtime Sonics legend, uh, Mister mm-hmm. Sonics, uh, but I no, that's what that's, that's his nickname, Mister Sonics. <laughs> I'm not making that up, but okay. Um, listen, I'm not, making, I'm not making you talk about the Seattle City Council vote on Monday, so just be happy <laughs> about that. Uh, but um, but I, I let me put it this way: I think that the Heat are the most poised to make to sneak in. If the season ended and this was the 18 playoff seed, that also would not be shocking to me. Like, it, there's not how an, fun would it be? You'd have Washington, Boston as the one matchup. Yeah, that's a good they hate one. each other. That'd be they fun. Sh- Indiana, Detroit, do. I think would be a great matchup. It's a Cleveland classic versus Goes back Milwaukee. to the mid two thousands. Indiana, yeah. Detroit. Yeah, that would be great. Cleveland, Cleveland Milwaukee, Milwaukee would be the next one. So fun. Yeah, and then Toronto, Atlanta. Philadelphia. That'd be the one that you don't watch. You know. Oh, I would watch the hell out of that Toronto Philadelphia, but just because I am completely obsessed with this 76ers team. Yeah, they are fun, but Toronto's so boring. I know, but that but I don't care. Simmons and Embiid, that's all I need in my life and I'm a happy guy. I think I think we have a uh, so I I think the kind of the standings in the East, maybe exactly where everyone is in in the standings is uh going to shuffle around. Mm-hmm. Um I'd be really surprised if Cleveland doesn't finish in at least the top 2. But uh, I I think that looks like a pretty good set of teams like it wouldn't surprise me if that's who we saw the west is a little more curious for yes. example the the former sonics uh, current unmentionable team uh yes. from oklahoma city is not in the playoff picture yet, as of right now it's so great <laughs> it, it's it's amazing it's yeah. really incredible um yeah they're probably uh, of the teams that aren't there i mean we're going to talk about the clippers in a second um, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year. They're no, out of it. No. Lakers, Memphis, Phoenix, Sacramento, Dallas. Really hard to see any of those. I mean, it's kind of crazy to say, but outside of Oklahoma City, it's like the Lakers are maybe the most likely to make the playoffs. Oh, I definitely. think the Grizzlies could. I, know, I mean, I listen, I know I'm saying this of a team that has lost nine straight, but uh, uh, when Conley comes back and, and if they're healthy, the Grizzlies, I mean, they are. They have fallen quite a bit out of the race. I think mm-hmm. they're, but they're only, you know, it's such a, it's it's it seems like they're way out of it, but they're actually only what two and a half games behind the Jazz. Uh, I mean, two weeks ago, people were talking about are Cleveland going to make the playoffs, right? So I think it's a little early to, to write anyone off, in, in, except for like say the Chicago Bulls, Atlanta Hawks, Brooklyn Nets, Dallas Mavericks, Sacramento Kings, that mm-hmm. level of teams. But I think that, um, I, like I said, or like you said, it would not be shocking if the Grizzlies don't make it. But I think they could. Um, the Thunder. Are you ready to write off the Clippers? Yeah. Ah, god damn it. Um, I mean, two months, no Blake Griffin. That's hard. It yeah. really depends a little bit on what they decide to do, and I think that what they decide to do is really going to depend on their next few games because if they were to, let's see, their upcoming schedule right now uh, is that they're going to be playing uh, who next? They're playing the Mavs next, uh, and th- that's a winnable game no matter who they have on their roster. It's a winnable game, but it's not a, it's not a no-brainer. No, but then they have two against the Wolves, one against Washington, one against Toronto, one against Orlando, one against Washington. That is a not a good stretch for them. And so if they come out of the next what is that? The next 6 or 7 games, let's say 6 and 1 and 6 or 0 oh and 7 or 2 and 5, I think that they might decide to uh to start looking for DeAndre Jordan trade partners and and 
and start looking to pack it in. It really depends, though. I mean, how much ground are they going to lose right now uh, while they while Griffin's out and everything like that? And it's not like they were setting the world on fire. Well, actually, early on they were, but um, you they've know, only they, won three more games than the Mavericks. That's I know. kind of crazy. They have a negative how point, hot they started. Yeah, they have a negative point differential. They're they're really bad. Uh, both at they're kind of equally bad at home and on the road. They're um, they're not great in conference. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing really exciting to look at about their about their stats right now. Um, and I, with Blake out, their offensive leader is like Austin Rivers. Like, I know that's that's a that's a, a an apocalypse, right? That's Ark, a, if that was my basketball team, I would literally kill myself. <laughs> Austin Rivers. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna I don't talk know about when, them in a second. So let's I don't know dwell when on it. or Gallinari or or whatever are supposed to come out come back. I'm not sure. Listen, if the if your solution is Tia Dosic and Gallinari, I'm not sure what you're really trying to achieve here. But um, you know, it's crazy. I mean, they've been a 50 win team for quite a while now. I mean, the the former Moribund Clippers, but it just doesn't. It. I mean, they're 14th in rebounding. They're 20th in points allowed. They're 27th in assists, which is really awful. Uh, they're middle of the pack in points per game. I mean, there's just no. There's really no team stat where you're looking at them and going, this looks good for, for the Clippers. And I think that, um, uh, you know, we could see we they, they've been rolling it back and rolling it back and rolling it back, but with no Chris Paul now, I, I think we could see a bigger move towards um, ugh, that dreaded R word. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. Well, I mean, every NBA fan, you know, that follows the league even – uh, uh, in a very superficial way, when they signed Blake Griffin to a five-year contract for all that money, thought, "Wow, <laughs> I mean, that—that that is putting all your eggs in a really uh, brittle basket." Um, I, I I like Blake as a player. Um, I know he he rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Um, I think he's funny. I think he's a talented player. He's a yeah. great passer. You know, he's, he's he does a lot of like really great things, but he just can't stay healthy. You know. And everyone kind of thought that this was inevitable. Now that he's he's making all this money, I mean, just I don't know what the Clippers were thinking. And now, what do they have? You know, I mean, yeah, I think the last uh, they played uh, the Jazz. I think was their most recent mm-hmm. game, and they lost. Um, what was it? Uh, one hundred and twenty-six to one hundred and seven. <laughs> and the and their scoring leader was Austin Rivers with twenty-five points. And it's yeah, like, that's what you. Yeah. That's what you have to look forward to if you're a Clippers fan. Like they do have outs. Lou Williams. They do have Lou Williams. I wanted to point that out. He is actually their leading scorer without Griffin. But he's good. He's good. But, but uh, no, they don't have much. It is the roster. Whoosh. We just might as well bring this up since since uh, since, since we're, we're here talking about them so much. Yeah. Uh, I one of the stories I wanted to talk, talk about this week was Austin Rivers telling a fan to shut the f up, but he didn't say f arc. <laughs> <laughs> he said the f word. Um, yeah. Everything about Austin Rivers in the NBA is like, it's at the same time, like extremely frustrating to me. And it's also just so comic because he's not an NBA level player. Um, He's purely on that team because of nepotism. And it like, (laughs) it's becoming more and more apparent and more and more of a burden for that team. And I don't know, just for him to to swear at a fan because he was being a, uh, as he said, a fair weather ass fan. Um, boy, man, Austin, just be grateful. Like you've been in the NBA for like four years now and you're I think it's terrible. longer than that. 
Yeah, you're right, because I don't think he's on a rookie contract anymore. No, 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 no. He's been in the NBA since, well, he was in the 2012 draft. Yeesh. Yeah. And he makes like $8 million a year now, which is like... Which is basically just his, uh, his dad's way of getting Steve Ballmer to pay for his own son to not have to take his money, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I I don't... It Listen, on the one hand, if I was Doc Rivers... Uh, and I was put in that situation, and I presume that, you know, Austin Rivers' mother and Austin Rivers and everyone else in my life and myself were all very much wanting him to succeed and did not feel good about what happened with him in New Orleans or whatever, whatever. But uh, uh-huh. to sign him to your own team and then keep him around and then be the one who negotiates his contract, <laughs> right? Uh, because you're the GM as well, right? Uh, yeah. It's just, I mean, he's not a total disaster, right? His his career high is actually pretty good in points. I mean, he can play, but he is. There are definitely guys out there. Uh, I think we can say with with some confidence, uh, there are definitely guys out there who are more deserving of his minutes and his time in the NBA than he is, probably. Yeah, I, I um, think they're. I think the point is like because you're right. His numbers don't look that bad. Um, his shooting percentages have gone up as he's been in the league, but if that if that investment had been put into a more deserving player, I think you'd be getting a lot more production than you're getting from Austin Rivers. And he's just like a petulant little jackass. <laughs> well, mean, that's really the problem is that he he is the classic like my dad's the coach, yeah, kind of guy. Yeah, I mean you're getting what you're getting fourteen points, three assists, two rebounds, a per of about. 11 i mean that's not that's not like fall off a cliff bad but it's very replaceable yeah it's great if that's like your fifth best player your sixth man something like that yeah you you can find that that kind of production it's not that that is not any there's nothing irreplaceable about what he does except for the fact that his last name is rivers and so yeah let's finish up yeah awesome rivers you know we try not to be overly negative because being in the nba is hard and all these guys have uh uh you know, so much more talent than, than we could ever have hope to have as professional athletes. But oh, yeah. Austin Rivers just really, really rubs me the wrong way. Um, like it's like I said, it's very frustrating, very comical at the same time that he's in the league. Uh, let's just quickly go down the list of Western teams here just to finish this thought exercise. Oh, yeah, I just want absolutely. you to name one team that you think is not going to make the playoffs. And this, okay. is, uh, this I think, is a little trickier because there's uh, some good candidates. Uh, so we have Houston, Golden State, San Antonio, Minnesota, Portland, Denver, New Orleans, and Utah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I think it's Utah. Um, mm-hmm. But as much as it pains me to say this, the Trailblazers are not a lock to make the playoffs. Um, none of those four bottom teams, I would say, are a lock to make the playoffs. I mean, the, the Pelicans have been playing incredibly well. Uh, Boogie Cousins has been on fire this year. The Nuggets are a feel-good story, you know. Do you think Minnesota is a lock to make the playoffs? Uh, yes. Okay. I mean, a lock is maybe, no, okay, no. I don't think they're a lock to make the playoffs, but they're whatever's right below a lock. Like, sure. The, the Rockets, the Warriors, the Spurs, they're making the playoffs in some They're fashion, all making right? the playoffs. Yeah. But the Timberwolves, um, they're, they're very, a very interesting team. Um, right now they're basically even. They're, they're winning a lot of close games. Their point differential is 0. 0.5. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they but they are so you know you assume that some of that luck will even out over the course of a season and they'll lose some of those close games um but and i mean at at this point i don't know that we can say oh but of course their defense is going to get better because even though their coach is tom thibodeau this is like year two year three of it not being better so this is his second year as the head coach and and you would think you know with the talent that he has uh Having and then having you know Jimmy Butler and Taj Gibson, two guys that he knows that he coached really well in Chicago, you, you would think that this start this stuff would start coming into formation because he's got such a a great reputation, you know, um, as as a defensive minded coach, and they've really just have not put in the effort. No, it's just, they're it's just not there. They're twenty first in points allowed, which is just uh, shocking. So their points per game, their 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 offense is actually pretty good. They're they're tenth, which is definitely a playoff team, right? But yeah. their points allowed is just pretty awful. So um, if their defense doesn't improve, I don't know that they're going to win all these close games. They're 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 being their offense is is good. It's not like incredible, right? It's very good. And so can they overcome their their poor uh, defense? And I I think that they can. And I think this is the year that they will get. By the way, you know that they have not made it back to the playoffs since the year that Kevin Garnett went to the Western. <clears throat> it's Conference the longest finals. playoff drought in the entire NBA. Yeah, it's two thousand in, in a league in a league where more than half the teams make the playoffs. They haven't been there in over a decade. It's pretty hard to do. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's absolutely horrific. Uh, I I think this is the year that they break the thing. But I will say that you know sometimes it's the year before you know what i mean sometimes it's Mm -hmm. maybe it's next year you know with everyone gelling together but i when those guys they have so much talent on the team and when those guys play well together they play really really well so um i do think that they will make it uh but but no the only the top three in the west are are locks thank you for for pointing that out but i still think that the jazz are probably the best candidate to fall out given that you know Mm -hmm. gobert's out uh Mm -hmm. they they're they're 500 right now they're they're um the thing is their defense is really good so they're kind of like the flip side of um of Minnesota actually because they're they're like 22nd for points per game but they're fifth in points allowed mm-hmm. so um where are they gonna find are they gonna find enough offense I don't know it's gonna be interesting to watch but but I w- if I had to pick one I would say the jazz fall out yeah it's uh it's hard looking at it I think Minnesota makes it I think Portland makes it because they always do I hope so Denver, Denver's getting better every year. Like I, I feel like they should make it. Yeah, it's it's between New Orleans and Utah. But I mean, when you just look at the talent uh, disparity, you know, New Orleans has those just those two monsters up front, and and that's really uh, winning them a lot of games. And, and Utah has talent, but yeah, it's um, it's kind of sad. I like that team. I like that city. You know, the East has nine teams above five hundred, and the West only has seven. Isn't that incredible? It is incredible. Quarter of the uh, way through the season. Especially after it, we were told that, you know, we were going to get the Eastern Conference again for the yeah. whatever the year. I know. I mean, so many. It's not even just that, but so many of the most interesting teams are in the East right now. Uh, I mean, so and so many of the really hot rookies are in the East, right? Yeah, so, you're right. Like, who's fun to talk about in the West? Not Golden State. I don't <laughs> really like talking about Houston. No, um, no, no. San Antonio is always interesting. You yeah. have these kind of, like, teams like Minnesota that are – very curious in Oklahoma City, where it's like, wow, there was so much hype around you, and you're not really living up to the hype. And that's Minnesota's fun to talk about. Minnesota, I think, is is fun. Uh, that that's a that's a cool up and coming. I mean, I think if we're looking, if we were doing a futures power ranking right now, Minnesota would have to be pretty high on that list. So I think that yeah. that's that's fun I to talk know. about. I just don't know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but in the no, east, you have, no. you know, you have uh, Boston, Detroit, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Indiana, 
Um, even teams that aren't in the playoffs right now, like Orlando and Charlotte, you know, they're they're fun to talk about. It's interesting, and, and we don't really know what's going to happen. Yeah, the East is more the like, more interesting. More like place the right Eastern now. Conference. <laughs> Maybe workshop that one around a little bit. <laughs> you got the most exciting team in the NBA: are the nineteen and four Boston Celtics. Oh, I thought we were going to say the twelve and nine Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. I'm so surprised. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that. That was a fun exercise. Um, let's talk about a couple other things. Um, so. LeBron got ejected for the first time in his career. Yeah. Um, About a week after Curry got ejected for the first time in his. Which is also amazing. But, you know, LeBron's been in the league for 15 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Curry is a a vet at this point. But, uh, man, it was the Cavaliers were up 70 to 93 against the Heat. And there was a call that LeBron didn't like, and he just wouldn't stop complaining to the ref and he got ejected and it was amazing and he (laughs) you know lebron is so aware of his own legacy and he always tries to present himself as being a a good humored and he's he's very upfront about wanting to be considered you know the greatest you know if not the greatest one of the greatest to ever play and it's you know i i don't know i think he could put up zero points a game for the next five years and he would still be considered one of the greatest to ever play i mean that's pretty much cemented but for, for a guy who who presents himself with such good humor and someone who seems to be aware of all these uh, career milestones um, and is generally pretty gracious about it, you, you think he'd be a little bit more good-humored about getting ejected from a game that, that was pretty, Well in hand, yeah. Yeah, well in hand, you know? I mean, just laugh about it. You've been in league for 15 years. Um, part of him never getting ejected is just his skill. He's he's really a really great defender, and he's really good at not fouling people. But part of it is he's LeBron James, and he definitely gets the super starriest of superstar calls. You know, I, I, We've all seen LeBron take eight steps to the basket, and and not a whistle is blown. Um, but it's fine. You know, it's that's the way the league works. It's a part of it. I just I just think it's such a bad look for him to... to just be so petty about it and to, to continue to complain. Um, you know, he averages uh, like less than two fouls a game. It's pretty remarkable. That's incredible, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, it was an opportunity for him to be a human and, and just be like, huh, 15 years. It's a nice run. You know, or, you know, I don't know. Something kind of cutesy about it. It was definitely the opportunity to just kind of laugh it off, like you said. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, I I gotta show a lot of respect to that ref because I mean, you know, it's hard. You don't want to be the guy who throws LeBron James out of the game for the first time. And and I wonder if the ref was call. aware of that. He must I, have been, right? I think he probably was. But even if he wasn't, it's still LeBron James. You know, I mean, it's hard to do it. It's hard to throw anyone out of a game, first of all, because those guys are huge and they're very angry. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, and I don't want. Uh, Miritich or Portis punching me. I don't want to, you know, I, I just think they're, you know, any giant person bearing down on you is going to be pretty intimidating. But, um, uh, cause most of, I think the refs are all pretty normal human sized. Um, but, uh, but you know, I, I, I think it's the right thing to do. You know, y- there's a limit to how much you can whine after a call. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with talking to the ref, but you get disrespectful at a certain point. That's, that's yeah, there's the also tool like they a have. physical gesture, which is a huge no no. Yeah. You know? and, and that's the tool they have at their disposal, right? Yeah. And I, but I think after the game, a more contemplative LeBron, uh, I didn't actually see his comments. What did he say? 
Um, he just is talking about, oh God, I closed the article. Um, you know, basically describing the kind of player he is and, and being like, it's really suspicious that I would get, you know, ejected. And it's like, well, this oh. happened once in 15 years. It's not really that suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> Anything, it's suspicious the other way. LeBron. We could, you know, it's funny. Like, I I have, as you know, uh, never really liked LeBron as a player. Um, there are things that he's done recently that, that are endearing. Like, I like when he speaks out. I think he's very thoughtful about social issues. And he is, he is a great player. Uh, I don't really enjoy his teams. Um, but, man, yep. every now and then he just reminds me of why he drives me crazy and it's stuff like this. By the way, his coach, Teron Luce, they asked him if if, uh, if James should have been ejected. And he said, yep, should have got thrown <laughs> out. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> There you uh, go. Dwayne Wade had his back, but that's his boy. That's he's supposed to have his back. If the best coach in the NBA thinks that you deserve, to get <laughs> <more> <laughs> oh man! Uh, um, so you know. Anyway, so another article. I mentioned this to you, and uh, you didn't hear about this. And we shouldn't play it on the show because uh, it's probably some oh. kind of copyright infringement. But you yeah. have to check this out. We'll link it in the podcast. Uh, Deadspin had their Deadspin Awards uh, recently, and they had uh, James Dolan write them a song. And it's it's not, like, bad. Like, James Dolan puts so much money into his music, and it's basically all he does um, is play with his band. So it's, don't get me wrong, it's terrible. Like, you would not listen to it for pleasure. But it's not bad in the way that, like, you know, uh, some, like, found YouTube video of some, like, really obscure... Uh, resourceless band is is amusing. Like it's just it's just funny because it's James Dolan, and he basically his song for Deadspin is like a parody of one of his own songs. Like he changed the lyrics to a, a song that he wrote about uh, Edward R. Murrow to be about Deadspin. Um, <laughs> you have to check it out. I will absolutely. I just found the article and I plan to listen to it the minute we are no longer recording. I, I want to be really explicit about this. I, I assume anyone who's listening to this podcast is very into basketball to have found it. And uh, you must know who James Dolan is. But just in case you don't, he's the owner of the New York Knicks. He's he's probably in the top five worst basketball owners and has been since he bought the team. Um, they've been just completely rudderless. And he's he just does not understand how, how to own a basketball team. He's just been a, 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 a blight uh, on the league. And I feel really, really bad for New York fans for having to, to deal with him. And I'm from Massachusetts. I hate New York sports teams. And I feel bad for Knicks fans to have to have, to have James Dolan be the owner of their team because he's horrible. And he's in a band called JD and the Straight Shot. And it's, uh, it's like Americana. Um, it's, it's really polished. Uh, all the mu- other musicians in the band besides James Dolan are really, really talented. And uh, they've all sold their souls to play with James Dolan. And they stink and look <laughs> them up. It's so amusing. They're horrible. They're they're really, really, really just like milk toast. But he believes in it. He believes in it and he has an unlimited amount of money. Yeah. And good for him. That's fine. Uh, he should believe in it. He should ha- do what he wants, whatever, whatever. But yeah, it does suck for... Uh... Uh, Knicks and Ragers fans that he uh, will basically own those teams, you know, forever. 
I think. Yeah, he's not selling. I have to look up his age because in the song he calls himself a uh, he's trust 60, fund kid. He's 62 years old. Yes, 62. Trust fund kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, uh, that, there is not, you know, this is the this is the sadness of American sports is that, you know, there, you can overcome basically any odds except for a bad owner. Yeah, and you and, can't pick your owner. There's nothing you can do. And there's I literally mean, nothing you can do. People uh, have been calling for him to sell for years. And, he doesn't care. Uh, yeah, there are just so many diehard Knicks fans um, that will root for that team through anything. And, they, you know, I mean, this year's team, you know, Kristop is great, uh, but there's not there's not a whole lot to be excited about, you know. Maybe they make the playoffs, probably not. And, and people are just like, you know, besides themselves because they have something to root for. People are so happy with this year's team just because of Kristaps. And it's like so little gets that that fan base so frenzied. I mean, imagine if they actually had a decent team like they did in the 90s, you know. Yeah, it's one of those situations where it's hard because uh, it's like the Boston Bruins. Like you want the for the fans, you want them to succeed. On the other hand, then the owner succeeds. I, I, you know, it's like eh, as bad as this Warriors situation is now. How much worse would it be if Chris Cohen was still the owner? Yeah, like, no, that's very true. So, I mean, the Warriors owners are kind of obnoxious, but they're yeah, they but they're, seem they're like fine. scumbags. Yeah, they're, they're perfectly fine. They just are a little, you know, they're feeling themselves a little more than than we're feeling them. Yeah, they got big heads. And you yep. know what? You got two championships in three years and probably a few more coming. You know, I guess you kind of have earned a big head. Yeah, go for it. Do your thing. Love your life. You know what I mean? But uh... Hats off our normal size heads to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so go check out that song because, uh, yeah, James Dolan is just a, a sideshow who wants to be the main attraction. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? So... Do you want to talk a little bit about Derek Rose? Let's talk briefly about Derek Rose, and maybe let's be let's have that be the last thing today. Or, uh, you have sure. other things, or did you have other things you wanted to talk about? The only other thing I wanted to talk about was the Ray Allen thing. Oh um, yeah, let's do that first. Let's quick hit the Ray Allen thing. Let's talk about Derek Rose, and then yeah, there, I don't know. I don't know really what to say about the Ray Allen thing besides the fact that it's really strange. There's obviously some truth that has yet to come out and there's a lot of speculation, you know, basically for those who don't know, uh, Ray Allen, uh, claims to have been, um, catfished, uh, by a man who was posing as a woman. They had kind of like a, a I think he's posing as more than one woman. Yeah. Multiple women. Sorry. It's, it's yeah. a very convoluted story and it's kind of, it's a little grim. It's hard. It's hard to, for me to really, uh, uh, wrap my head around this. Cause you know, I, I like Ray Allen and, uh, I guess the one thing I want to say is there's there's a lot of speculation. Um, the, the guy, the guy who was catfishing Ray Allen claims that they had a relationship, um, which Ray Allen has obviously denied, and it's likely uh, not true based on uh, um, you know information that has come out. But if that was the case, uh, that would be totally fine, and it would be none of our business. Um, Agreed. And, uh, the only reason this is anyone's business is because uh, Ray supposedly got him to sign a non-disclosure agreement of some kind, mm-hmm. and the guy violated it. So the issue here, and of course Ray is married, and there is, you know, he's married, he's got kids, stuff like that. But at any rate, yeah. Ray Ray says that he was yeah he was involved in sort of online communication with a bunch of people he thought were women that he was 
flirting with, which is already not good for him because it, he's cheating on his wife at that point. But mm-hmm. that's between him and his wife. Uh, but at that, at some point, he found out that this um, that this guy who uh, was was being was catfishing him, uh, and that uh, that he that uh and the guy claims that they were in a, a relationship and he claims that they weren't and he got a restraining order and he got mm-hmm. oh i the guy actually got a restraining order on him i don't know. the whole thing is is obviously quite uh convoluted and complicated but it is it's just sad and i i i think uh you know it, it's always just sad when when athletes that we loved and obviously i also have a ton of love for uh ray allen um former supersonic great indeed uh, gave me my last positive basketball moment in 2005. Um, is he the only? Um, oh well, I guess Robert Parrish. No, he was with the Warriors. I'm trying to think of other players who have been heroes for both the Celtics and the Sonics. Oh, that you're forgetting the most obvious. Dennis Johnson. One. Correct. Yeah, yeah. He won us our only title. Yeah, and then okay. he was a very beloved Celtic. But very uh, beloved. He won us a couple titles too. Yeah, so um, absolutely. Uh, Ray Allen, a lot of love. And it's just when you see these people and they come back into your life, you know, they're, they've retired, they've kind of moved on. And when they come back into your life in negative ways, you know, it, it, it's it's just sad. It's sad for him. You know what I mean? I'm just I'm just sad for him. And he's a complicated guy, obviously. Yeah, you know, he's, he's, fam- he's a very famously. particular person and he seems to be fairly private. And just to see someone like that have his kind of like dirty laundry aired out and, and you know, everyone is – speculating and everyone is 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 trying to figure out what's going on and and you, you know it seems like ray would probably just like that all to go away uh it's yeah it is a bummer because he's you know people feel a lot of ways about ray allen he's broken a lot of hearts as a basketball player but um he seems he seems like a pretty solid dude um and uh yeah i don't know i i just i hope he, i hope him and his I, I just wish the best for him and his family yeah I yeah. think that's that's where this is at. Speaking As of speaking of things like this, so this is the, your other story you want to talk about is actually not uh, is very different from this story, but in one way is uh, sort of interesting. And you said I asked you if you'd listen to the uh, Zach Lowe Rachel Nichols podcast, and you said you had, and they definitely talked about this. And I thought what they said was interesting. But this is the story of um, of uh, uh, Derek wow, Rose. Wow, his name. Thank you, Derek Rose, uh, possibly retiring from basketball. It's. It's so crazy. He's had one of the most uh, peculiar careers um, in recent memory in the NBA. He, I, I think I saw this on NBA Reddit. Someone, someone speculated he might become the first uh, league MVP to not go to the Hall of Fame. Oh, he will become the first league MVP to not go to the Hall of Fame. I mean, almost certainly. Yeah, it's it's yeah. pretty remarkable. Um, yeah. Man, he, he was... His career has just been... I mean, I get it. I get why he wants to retire. It's leaving a lot of money on the table. Um, and <laughs> a lot of money. One of the common things that people have been saying, and, and I think that this was discussed on the Zach Lowe podcast as well, is just, you know, people have kind of like, kind of laid out like what it must be like for Derrick Rose, where you, you play a couple games, you get injured, you rehab for months, you work really hard, you come back, you get injured again almost immediately. I mean, what what a harrowing cycle that must be, you know. that must That must be very emotionally and physically taxing. So I get it. Um, it's not like, you know, I don't want him to, I don't know. I, I, I have more complicated feelings about Derek Rose uh, than I do with someone like Ray Allen. I don't think Derek Rose seems like he's like a good guy. Um, there have been things that have come out with him that have been pretty 
disturbing. Um, but you know, um, I, I don't know him personally, just in case anyone thinks that I do. I'm not <laughs> friends with Derek Rose. Uh, thanks for, thanks for letting us know that. Certainly have no ill will towards the man. And it's not like I want him to go away, but, uh, it's, it's been really hard following his career. You know, there, there are times where you almost kind of laugh at it. Like when, when he was on the Knicks last year at the beginning of the season, he said, Oh, we're a super team with the same expectations as other super teams. And, and he just, you know, he, he, uh, well, another thing they talked about in that low, uh, post was how he really thought he was going to get a max contract this year. You know, I mean, there's all NBA players overestimate their own value. You know, Doc Rivers, uh, sorry, Austin Rivers probably thinks he's one of the best guards in the NBA. You know, this is just the nature of, of being successful in a sport like this. But for, for Derek Rose with all he's been through to expect a max contract is, is it's pretty diluted and it's kind of sad, you know? And, um, yeah, this is just like a real bummer of an end potentially to, to his career. Now, Taj Gibson did say that he thinks Derek Rose is coming back. Um, you know, I think that the individual information about Derek Rose and, and I, 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 I have no idea if he's coming back or not. And I'm not sure it really matters that much at this point to any, you know, basketball storylines except for, his own, but I think that the more interesting conversation is really about um, the the fan aspect of this, which is that you know we can play, and you and you said it pretty well. We can we can pay lip service to the idea that we understand what these guys are going through, but the um, I mean the amount of work it takes to rehab any injury, right, and the amount mm-hmm. of depression that comes with that. The amount of work it takes to rehab any injury and just everything that comes with that, I, I mean, I just think we, we underestimate it. You know, we get so angry when these guys get injured because of our team, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we forget that they're people and that how, you know, first of all, the pain, everything else in the moment, but also just the weeks and months of work and rehab and just trying to get back, forgetting even the psychological aspects of not being with your team and 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 even getting on the court and being someone who at one point could do something and now you can't do something. Mm-hmm. You know, just that experience of, of, of not being, I mean, I don't know about you. I, I, I played uh, tennis a lot as a kid and I, I certainly was not a, a future pro tennis player, but I was decent at tennis and uh, took it very seriously. And uh, a few years ago I started playing again and there was a, a period where I was just so unbelievably frustrated because my mind knew what I wanted to do, but my body just wasn't doing it. Sure. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, a tiny that that just gives me a little empathy. You know, it's not a obviously it's a very different situation, but it gives me a little empathy for what these guys must go through. And to be Derrick Rose, to be a former league MVP, someone who looked like they were one of the next generation of superstars, looked like they were a career on the rise, and to have it all come crashing down because of your body. I mean, to be Greg Oden, you know what those, I mean? Yeah, those Bulls teams when um, he was at his peak, his MVP year, and, and the year after that, they were really fun to watch. You know, yeah, they seemed like a legitimate threat to LeBron's heat. Um, yeah. They were, they were a next just, up and coming team. Yeah. He was a force of nature and he was so much fun to watch. And, and who yeah. knew, you know, at the time that that would, that would really just be a couple of years. And then just, uh, you know, NBA windows are short and we should always remember that. And we should cherish the, the, the moments we get. We don't know what's going to happen with Embiid. We don't know what's going to happen with the Timberwolves. We don't know what's going to happen with any of the Celtics. You know, you should know that. I mean, with yeah, with yeah. everything that's everything great about this year's Celtics season, you still lost one of your best two best players five minutes into the season, yeah. and we don't know if he's ever going to be good again. 
And, we don't, yeah. And and I know that the and they mentioned this on the on the low post. They're they're putting a lot of effort into trying to keep him motivated, keep him engaged, and figure out and talking to a lot of people, a lot of psychologists, things like that. Try to figure out how to make sure he doesn't kind of drift off because it's just very hard. And I think especially you know this is Gordon Hayward's first major injury, right? Imagine you're Greg Oden and you just that's everything, and they and they all seem like fluke injuries. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and or a Bill Walton, and you know not everyone gets that '86 redemption season like Walton had. And we you, wish they you'd all like did, to think that every a- athlete can just kind of age out of their their physical gifts, yeah, and to see can. that kind of taken away when they're in their their prime is it's just it's it's real it's really really sad, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Derrick Rose might be a scumbag, but I still feel sad for him. Yeah, and and you know, and I don't know that he's a scumbag. I'm just saying he could be he could be a scumbag. But he was he a might, great player, know. and yeah. uh, he took his craft really seriously. And his body just has not, um, just has not held up. And it's been, it's been years and years now of of just watching this poor guy play a yeah. couple games, get hurt, and and just be really sullen. You know, oh man, there was that one game in Chicago where he was watching on the sidelines, and he started crying. It was just like, oh, the poor guy. Anyway. Derek Rose, you might be a scumbag, but we at Playground Rules hope that uh, you know. We hope that you can experience some fashion of basketball glory before it's all over for you. You know, it'd be uh, it'd be a really sad uh, ending to your career if, if this is how it stopped. But uh, yeah, we just we, hope you get one more moment. You know, yeah. we we just we just hope you get to finish. You know, everyone should get to go out on whatever they're doing on their own terms. And sadly, for most of us, that's not the case and it doesn't look like it's going to be the case for Derek either and yeah. eh, it's just a shame there have been there have been so many injuries since we last podcasted it's uh, yeah I, it's I know crazy. It's, it's the nature and, of the league we don't have and, to go over them all but well no but I mean can, I think we some I, people are talking about this but I just want to throw my hat into the ring of what the hell like isn't this supposed to be aren't we supposed to be learning more and more and more and more and more and more and more about how to prevent these kinds of things why are injuries on the rise do you feel like they're on the rise? Uh, I feel like every they're year we have the, the same conversation. Like they're not on the decline. Injuries. Do you remember the first year the Warriors won the finals? Um, everyone said, "Oh, there's a coda uh, on this," and I, I don't, I don't agree with codas. If you win the finals, you win the finals. Oh, right, but that they had so much health and everyone else got injured. Chris Paul was injured. Blah blah blah. Like literally every team they Kawhi, played had yeah. a star player that was hurt. Even the Caps had no Kevin Love, no Kyrie, no Kyrie Irving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they played a. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I think they played a Clippers team without Blake Griffin. I mean, that sounds right, doesn't it? Um, it was. Either, I think it was maybe no CP. Was that the year that he hurt his thumb? Oh, maybe that's what it was. But yeah, this know. Is it just, doesn't matter. I don't know that they're on the rise. I think it's just the nature of the sport. It's, I don't know if they're on the rise. They're not on the decline. They're not on the decline. They should and be. And so on the decline. they should be on the decline. Like I don't. I don't understand what what all this money that's being put into sports science and sports medicine and everyone's eating right and everyone's doing yoga and every, you know, they just, I mean, someone should do, someone should do a study of like, maybe someone has of like how many players really get injured every year going back all the way to the fifties or whatever like mm-hmm. that. That should be pretty actually possible to do and see like, okay, really what, what, what does the injury thing look like? But it doesn't feel like, and maybe, maybe, you know, maybe everyone was getting injured every five minutes in the fifties and now, and now it's much less frequent. I don't know. I, maybe I'll do a quick search and see if someone's done that. Yeah, that'd and be interesting. Not, maybe I mean, there's we'll a lot of metrics, it. you know, that you'd want to have in there. You know, like there are different types of injuries. There are kind of mm-hmm. the fluky accidents like the Gordon Hayward injury. And then you have, you know, um, there was, you got a guy like Blake Griffin where every injury kind of seems fluky. 
but there's so many of them it seems like there's a pattern there and people don't really know what to make of it it is a it's it's kind of fascinating in a, in a really grim way yeah Ugh, basketball yeah, yeah. you're gonna watch some basketball this weekend you're I back am. for a while i'm back i'm back any, i'm here i'm gonna watch any games you're particularly looking forward to uh well i mean i would just love to see uh my my uh my favesies you know all the teams i'm i'm kind of paying attention to like the blazers and the sixers but no. is that like a thing in thailand you know it's i feel not I, I said it and then i felt awful saying it no the blazers are playing the pelicans tomorrow that's pretty cool uh the uh um sixers and pistons kind of up and coming battle of the Embiid mm-hmm. versus uh drummond kind of kind of interesting uh, Boy, that's Roman, man. He is scary. I know it's awesome. Um, yeah. That's about it. There's, there, you know, there's not like a ton of of uh, great, great games this weekend. Are is there anything that you were trying to draw my attention to, or no? I was just curious. I know, like, yeah. uh, I'll probably watch a little bit tonight. Um, I do have plans, but uh, I'll try to catch some of this uh, uh, Washington Detroit game, which is uh, tied at the end of one quarter right now. Now yeah. you really know when we're recording this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also yeah. have plans tonight, but if I get home in time, I'll actually I don't think I will. All the games are pretty early. Um, I've got one last question for you before we go. Sure. Did you beat Super Mario Odyssey on your trip? Oh no, I uh, I have come uh, pretty close. I think I have like two uh, worlds left, but I I've been kind of. Um, Recording it a little bit and taking my time because I, I'm I know there's a lot to do after you beat it, but I just I've been trying to enjoy the game and not not rush through it. It's quite good, isn't it? it it's really good. Yeah, yeah I I, uh, I I have you beaten it? There is I beat Bowser, but the, oh there's, wow, okay, yeah, there's a lot to that game. It's um you're absolutely right. Uh, there you know what, what they say about it, how there's a, a lot of stuff to do after you finish is absolutely true. Yeah, but man, it is uh so whimsical and charming. Um, <laughs> Kind of Agreed. reminds me. Uh, it's like the the skill that Nintendo has with that stuff reminds me of like a like a Pixar movie. You know, it's just so so masterful. You know, he, you know, it's these like middle aged men in an office somewhere, but they, they've completely figured out how to uh, appeal to our our whimsy and our imagination, and and uh, it's just uh, yeah, pure pure joy. A lot of fun with that game. Super great. Uh, you and I need to get. Well, you know, we need to get into some Switch together action uh, at some point coming up. But um, I'm so happy you have one now. Um, but me uh, but too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All, All right, right, my well, friend. Well, I hope your plans are enjoyable this evening, thank you. and uh, I'm looking you forward well. to doing this a little bit more regularly. Yeah, everybody, we're back. We're back, baby. Yeah. Hopefully on a regular schedule. And thanks <laughs> as always for listening to all our wonderful, you know tens of listeners thank you very much <laughs> we, we love you all we probably know you all so <laughs> <Yeah>. hi mom <laughs> i'm just kidding my mom doesn't listen to this nor does mine <laughs> all, uh, right. all right all right you have a great day and i'll talk to you soon all right sounds good